This is the On the Touchline podcast. We're your hosts, Jason Broadwater and Aaron Rogers. Welcome to the show. In season three, episode 15, Aaron and I talked to Shannon Matthews. And if Shannon's name sounds familiar, Shannon was actually the first guest on the On the Touchline podcast when we launched in 2018. So glad to have Shannon back on the show. He's a youth soccer coach uh, near Tacoma, Washington. I'm really interested and excited to talk to Shannon this time. Um, you know, just reading his his Twitter um, title or, or main page, his quote talking about co-creating an environment of development of players. It really, uh, that really strikes um, interest in me. And I want to hear how he does that and, and the philosophy behind it. Yeah, I, I think a significant piece of what we do, it has to be about the person. And that's really been, you know, a theme that we've heard a lot about in recent podcasts here in 2020 um, from some of the guests that we have that, um, you know, Marty Beal uh, talked about it, that, uh, you know, person greater than the player. And that, um, yeah, so I am ex- equally excited to hear what Shannon has to say about that psychological component in the game. Uh, before we get to Shannon, a friendly reminder that you can find this podcast on all major podcasting platforms. So whatever your favorite platform is, be sure to subscribe to the show, and that way you'll never miss a new episode when it comes out every Wednesday. And we're on a uh, once-a-week schedule here in 2020. That gives Aaron and I uh, a little bit more sustainability so we can publish uh, regularly and uh, bring you new content every week. Um, Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to not only subscribe to the show, but leave a five-star rating and a review. If you listen to the show and you enjoy the content, that helps more and more people in the football world, in the soccer world, find out about this podcast. And of course, last but not least, uh, Aaron, if people want to connect with you on social media, how can they do that? It's at Ohio Soccer Coach, both on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at Soccer Coach JB uh, on the same platforms as well. I hope you enjoy this conversation with our inaugural guest on the On the Touchline podcast, Shannon Matthews. Shannon, you have uh, a a distinct title um, in terms of this podcast. There were... (laughs) 77 <laughs> thing now that you were the first guest uh way back when to come on the show and um yeah no is obviously we've gotten to know each other a little bit and um you're a, a former PA guy uh, one time in your life I, if I remember and, um I can't tell you how many DMs and messages and Twitter messages and emails and you know, everything like that. We've traded text messages, uh, you know, back and forth. So it's good to have you back on the show. And, um, you know, uh, part of what we do on this podcast is is really geared to the psychological side of the game and you know, really trying to get the most out of players. And, you know, there's something that both Aaron and I, um, I, I thought was really just fantastic. And I, I love that you have it in your, your header uh, on your uh, your Twitter account. It says, uh, empowering others to become aware of what they do now and empowering them to get to where they feel they can go and co-creating that vision of where they think it's possible to go. And I think that's mm-hmm. probably a good place to start. Um, you know, people can go back to, to the first episode of this podcast if they want to, you know, get your backstory and where you're from and all those things. But I, I'm curious sort of what led you to put that in your profile, but what does that mean to you um, as a coach and as a person that works with young people? Um, it's, it, it kind of speaks to the core of, of what I believe um, in coaching, uh, the empowerment of youth, um, the empowerment to get a, a young person to um, believe in themselves, um, believe in, in what I'm doing, believe in what we're doing, um, believe that that they can move mountains and um 
seeing it firsthand when you get a, a child or a youth player uh, to, to conquer a, a hurdle or um, a problem and, and seeing them with the, the light bulb moment and seeing them um, grow from that is, is, it means the world to me. Um, and I think the, the job of, of a coach is, is to empower the players, um, both uh, not only psychosocial, but, but the complete package. Um, we spend so much time on X's and O's and, and, and wins and losses, and we forget that these are uh, future leaders, future parents, future coaches, hopefully. Uh, and and we we don't tap into that um, part of the the coaching side of of, of the psychological part of the of, of the the player. Um, we we worry too much about the results and not about the pathway. And um, for me, knowing I, I at club I coach three different teams. Um, I coach a seven v seven side. I coach a nine v nine side and eleven eleven. Uh, 11 v 11 side and so knowing that each team looks different and then inside that team each player looks different and how do I reach each player uh, is kind of the, the challenge to me on a yearly basis and um, one that I look forward to and uh, because the the end result at the end of the year is is a, is a player that's developed um hopefully uh by leaps and bounds i had um shared something recently that i i, I believe that motivation um it, it comes in two forms right and there are players that are internally motivated meaning it, truthfully they were born this way um they are hardwired to excel virtually at everything they do in their lives and then there's a second group that might be externally where they are looking for, um, you know, different things and environments and, and whatever it might be to motivate them. And the challenge would be to get those that are externally motivated to then become or move as closely as possible to become in, internally mated or uh, motivated. And Shannon, I love what you said there. I wrote it down that they can move mountains. And so I guess I wonder, we, we love the, the players that are internally motivated. They're the ones that show mm -hmm. They're the ones that want extra work. They're the ones, you know, statue up or after a session. You know, they can't get enough of, of the best game in the world. But the ones that aren't there. And I'm curious for you, um, and it could be specific examples or, you know, previous experiences that you've had how do we move those players that are externally motivated to become more internally motivated? <clears throat> that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I think it, it starts with consistency. Um, we have to be consistent. We have to be consistent in our message uh, and, and know that that's a challenge with that player and uh, know that we can't uh, just because they're not checked in them today, uh, we can't give up on them. Um, so the, 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 the challenge is making sure that we are always bought in on them and the message doesn't change on them and know that they're going to be 11 years older, 12 years older, 14 years older, 18 years older, and at some point it's going to click. Uh, I have a player on my 11 side team that uh, went through this. It took her probably four and a half months um, she was late. She was uh, unmotivated. She was everything that we're just talking about. And we were on an away trip and something clicked. And um, since then, uh, she's been on time. She's committed. She's, she has energy. She has laughter. She's bought into the group. And it was a light bulb moment for her. And I don't know why it was, but um, it could have been that we were traveling and we were all in a hotel and whatnot together. But the only thing I can give you as, as a, some form of, of help was that I was consistent in, in making sure that I was on her when I needed to be on her. I was praising her when I needed to be praising her. And um, I hope that it led to this because 
I was thinking about this last night at training where it was dumping here. It was raining so bad and she was here and motivated and, and engaged in the session. And it's such a change from five months ago. So I would say consistency. Um, we've got to, we've got to recognize that these are kids and if you're coaching in youth um, and they, they, they come from all walks of life and they have their own struggles and they have their own lives going on behind the, the pitch. And we've got to recognize that uh, they're people and we've got to make sure that it's more than just the session plan and the game and all the other stuff. Bring you, uh, conversation. One of the, you know, obviously we talk a lot about relationships and, and the relationships in life are what drives things. And you just mentioned, you know, your, your relationship with player coach relationship with these young people is they have to recognize that you care and they have to recognize yeah. you care about them as a person before they can trust that you care about them as a, as an athlete. And one of the things yep. that you had mentioned, actually, and it's in, it's in the quote that you have on Twitter, is the, 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 the hyphenated word that stands out to me the most is the co-creating. Because yep. this is a partnership. And you can't, you can't coach if you don't have people to coach. And they can't develop if they don't have a coach. And so even, and I think that's probably a massive philosophy as a youth coach that and we even as I coach the collegiate ladies I have that same philosophy um, because we're in this together and yep. we need each other we need to give our best of ourselves to each other so that we all flourish in this role how, how, how do you see that in your environment is how do you kind of describe or explain your co-creating? I have a, um, I have a, a message or a vision that, that I believe in as far as my coaching philosophy and, uh, and how that a player fits in that. And um, I know that, tryouts come and then the team selection is made and um, that initial meeting of, of this is what the year is going to look like. This is who I am. And, and um, this is what I'm going to bring. And, and we're going to start this journey uh, together and make sure that I'm again, consistent with that message uh, that it's player first. Uh, I'm, I'm just a small piece in, in this journey, but it's player first and then parent, uh, making sure that the parent is, is involved. Obviously in youth soccer, uh, they need to be involved. I think we, we, we miss that boat on a lot of levels. Um, but again, consistency with the message, um, making sure that, you know, they have questions, I'm here. Um, they need five, 10 minutes of my time after or before a training session, I'm there. Um, you know, we, we, I think at times we can get away from understanding that this is a uh, customer service industry also, mm -hmm. and these parents pay a lot of money. Uh, and we look at that side and say that, that that's not part of the game. And it, it completely is part of the game. It, it has to be part of the game because for the overall experience and the, the retention of the player and at club level, you know, the retention of a player is massive. If the player comes back to you that next year, that means that they've had the experience that, that they were looking for or even better uh, because there's 500 clubs in the state of Washington. They can go anywhere. And if I'm not doing my job, which is wanting them wanting to come to training, them wanting to come to the games, them, you know, can't wait. Oh, the, the session's over already. You know, that kind of message. Um, then it's, then it's just, it's cardboard cookie cutter kind of environment. And I, I just, I, I strive and I work hard to, uh, to make sure that that's not the environment that um, I try and create for the players. Um, I want them to, to be excited. I want them to feel challenged. I want them to, to understand accomplishment. Um, and then the back to the award of, of empowerment. Um, 
I, I, I feel like I'm circling in, yeah. in those two words well, of empowerment and consistency. No, but I think you, you know, you talk about in the, in the world that you live in and you operate in, you, you, in some ways, and you kind of talked about people don't want to talk about the, the service side of things, but you are providing, mm-hmm. you want to provide a service of value to your players and to your family, For sure. which is that customer service side. And so in order to lead best, you got to serve. And so you're creating that environment and co-creating that environment where you can serve, you can serve them. Um, you know, you, you were talking about the co-creating and I, in my, the way I look at it, and I don't, and I, and I've talked about this before is I'm just the bumpers on a bowling alley. The player is the one throwing the ball down the lane and hitting the pins. Mm-hmm. And if they just so happen to go start straying for the gutter, I bump them right back into the middle. So that's how I create, I co-create is, is because they're, they're playing the game. I'm just helping guide them and keeping them down the lane. So they hit the pins over. Cause if I let them Absolutely. The gutter, I'm not, I'm not serving them. Um, the other thing, and it sounds like, you know, this is something that, that you do. Um, and it, it'll be, scalable too from from a 7v7 team to a collegiate 11v11 team you know we talk about all the time sharing the ownership of the program or sharing the owner for us as a program for your 7v7 it's it's their their team sharing that ownership how do you how do you um empower those young people uh, on the 7v7 because those are the little ones how how do you Mm -hmm. share how, how do you have them share in the ownership of their of their group, of their team. Uh, we spent the summer um, understanding how to play, and <clears throat> um, I'm pretty excited with that group because I've, I've, it's very uncommon, uh, at least in my opinion, to see a 77 team that will play their keeper and play out the other way. And um, these little ones do a fantastic job of doing it. And um, it was a very, uh, for me, it was a very basic idea of, of how we wanted to play and, and not just turning it into a track meet, but, you know, where we found, we started finding success, I, I reinforced the idea. I reinforced the, how did that happen? How did that, those, you know, if we had a goal of five passes, um, in in the first half how did, how did we accomplish that the five passes and then <clears throat> at halftime you're you're talking to them and and they're they're giving their um example of why that happened or how did we score that goal well we started with the left back and we played into the center mid and then we found our right forward and um they were the ones that were kind of drawing out the answers um through communication and it reinforced for them, it reinforced what I was hoping to get out of them because they were seeing that it was successful. You know, you can score goals, but you can also score really nice goals. And and when they saw that there was a difference, um, it wasn't just, you know, can I beat this kid being faster, but maybe it was a 2v1 or maybe it was switching the point of attack and, and, and that led to the goal. They, they saw that there was value in that. And <clears throat> they they it reinforced the message which then wanted them to to try harder or um to to do it more because they saw that you know that was that was really nice and that's what we were working on and it worked and um and then you just you build on that you build you challenge them in in another way and um i know it's crazy and i know that they're they're little um but at times they play some beautiful football and it is an absolute pleasure to watch and being in that that phase of their life and and seeing that they're grasping the the concepts and the ideas of the game and going you know if they stick with this in three years from now and what it looks like what what it could like look like is 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 amazing um because they're they're at the foundation level of, of their their game and um learning to play it the right way and, and seeing it and, and going and watching it, you know, struggle through the summer. And, and then collectively once the group took hold of it, 
the the success came and and people will define success in many different ways um you know winning is is one of them um but the wins only started coming because they were playing it the right way in my opinion and um it led to that success and now they're very very consistent on on that part of the the, the performance but more so it's it's they're playing a, a just a fantastic brand of football and um and, and again, they're six and seven and eight year old, years old, and then you're saying that they're playing beautiful, but they are. And that's for me. That's that's the best part. Shannon, I wrote down. Um, you mentioned earlier about you know what we do as coaches being a, a customer service type of industry, mm-hmm. and I 100 percent agree with you. Anytime you're in a um, a profession, doesn't matter what it is, where you're highly engaged with people. I think it is our responsibility to put our best foot forward um, as many times as we possibly can. So it's going up early, the, the preparation, you know, our appearance, um, re- response to messages, um, and just the, the general, you know, give a darn um, being a little bit higher, uh, I guess you would say. What advice would you give to somebody who, you know, maybe they're a collegiate player or maybe they're in their mid twenties or, you know, however old they might be, but they're thinking of getting into coaching, but they're so focused on the the technical tactical side. You know, I I think that's a really great takeaway from this particular episode because it's about the people, right? I mean, there's so, so little what we do, you know, a a match is a finite period of time, right? 77, 99, 11, 11. You know, there's parameters that say how long that's going to go for. That's over, right? Training sessions last a, a set period of time. We're engaging with people 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder, um, you know, maybe what advice would you offer to a young person that, you know, may has, uh, maybe they've glossed over that part of the, the human element of, uh, of what we do? <clears throat> I, I think you have to, um, the, the smartest thing that you can do, um, and, and, and Jason, we talked about this on my original podcast, you know, when, when I first started, I, I thought I knew it and I, I had all the answers and I had all of, I had, I knew everything. And, and I, what I didn't know was I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I, I didn't, <clears throat> I was, I was too ignorant. In, in the fact that I thought I knew everything. And um, what I, I started finding out was, was that there was a whole other side of the game. And that side of the game was the most, for me, the most important part, which was the, the, the reaching of the player. Um, how you go about that, that's a, that's a tough one. You, if you're in a club environment, you know, looking at coaches that you, that you admire, uh, that you respect, and, you know, for me, again, I think, I think it's very easy to coach um, A teams and, and that, uh, that are elite A teams because, you know, those are, those are teams that get results. You know, what about the C team or the B team? Or is it you find an A team coach that not only coaches the way that you respect, but he reaches that player or she reaches that player and, and kind of just – you know, can I come out to a session? Can I hang out? Can I be around you? Can I meet for coffee? Can we talk? And and really start that that vibe. Um, I have a fellow coach that um, I coached at with um, at a club here in Seattle, and he moved away. His wife is in the military, and they moved to to Virginia. And now they're back in California. We talk almost daily, and we bounce ideas off of each other, and and though we're in different states the 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 desire to share the desire to communicate um and you know say that you know i'm struggling in this area with this team and what do you got for me can you help me um it's massive and and you know the soccer coaches uh convention just happened in baltimore huge networking environment obviously social media um really just kind of surrounding yourself in the in the game away from just the X's and O's. Um, and, and obviously social media is a, is a massive part of this um, because you can, you can find almost anything. Um, 
and 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 have an understanding of what you want to be as a coach right you, you we're always evolving but know that you know do i want to be this type of coach or is it that i want to be that type of coach and and, and again surrounding yourself with the right people i think part of the um the, the journey that all of us are on as coaches is uh you know it, it's just exactly what you just said shannon figuring out what type of coach do we want to be and um you know we've talked about this before in other episodes that you know i i feel it's part of sort of the evolution of all of us that you know we see people that we admire but then realize well you know what there's only one pep guardiola there's only one Johan Cruyff, there's only one you know insert name of your favorite manager um mm-hmm. And there's a reason why they are who they are. And so it's cool to borrow things and take things from them. But at the end of the day, we're all different. You know, we're all our Mm -hmm. own people. And that um, we have to be comfortable as coaches being who we are, right? And that, um, you know, uh, basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is to, uh, to not be something that you're not, you know, Uh, don't, don't try to be someone that you, you know, that just isn't you. Because at the end of the day, you know, I think it ends up backfiring. Um, totally. You know, and so I'm curious, you had mentioned, um, you know, kind of the, that process of, you know, I came in, felt like I had a really good understanding of things, but this sort of evolution that you went through and, you know, um, we've all been doing this a little while now, Shannon, that it, tell me, take me through that journey of what that has been like. And, you know, you mentioned getting into the psychological side of the game. Um, you know, and I think it speaks to the, you're always learning, right? You're never mm-hmm. just sit on your hands and go, I, yep, I got this mastered. I'm good. You know, see you next week. Um, I, sort of that lifelong aspect or lifelong learning aspect of, of this profession. I, th- I think you have to recognize that exactly what you just said in the fact that once we're done growing in the game, um, we're done. And we need to put ourselves in environments that will challenge us, um, will, will force us to grow. It will be uncomfortable. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it, it moves the needle for us. And if we're not willing to, to push ourselves, um, we're not going to pay it off to our players. Um, kind of Aaron, I assume I, I spent a little bit of time in, in division three college, uh, soccer, you know, if you're selling your program as X and the player comes in and they find out that it's Y they're gone in a year, mm-hmm. they don't, they have zero reason to be there. And mm-hmm. if, if, if we're not, if we're not being open and, and candid with these players and, and, and saying that, you know, I'm here for you. And then in reverse, or excuse me, in, in, in hindsight, we're, we're acting like we're not there. There's no buy-in and we've, we've got to create that environment that, that says, I want you here. Um, I'm, I have your best interest. I'm going to push you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to have you grow. And in order for that to happen, I've got to do that to myself. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to master every, USSF course and, and, and everything else. It, it's, it's who do you want to be as a coach? You know, uh, I'm reading a, a really good book about the psychosocial part of the game um, from uh, an author who did triathlons. And the book starts off about the, the brain and it, it goes into the three pieces of the brain. And, and I, at first I was like, I don't know if I like this book because it, it, it's talking about the, cortex and, and all this other stuff and I'm just like okay when are we getting to the meat and I'm like no this is part of it this is the part of the journey and, and you have to learn this part so I, I started and I, I'm like I'm gonna get through this and, and I'm halfway through the book and, and it's absolutely spectacular and I would have I would have normally I probably would have just tossed it but I forced myself into it and and to read it and and now it's paying off because I'm, I'm getting the the fruits of the labor of the of the book so again really recognizing who you want to be, who, where you want to develop, and then, and then attacking that. Hey, Aaron, we have a new sponsor in 2020. Yeah, what is that? 
Uh, it's Manscaped. And uh, have you ever been to the beach or ever been out somewhere and noticed the uh, the guy that's wearing literally like a, a rug, you know, hasn't really taken yeah. care of himself? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty nasty, right? No one wants Oh, yeah. That. No, no. So uh, Manscaped has created a redesigned electric trimmer. And you and I actually both got these in the mail. And their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so you won't nick yourself uh, while you're trying to clean up those body hairs that are just a nuisance uh manscaping accidents will finally be a thing of the past so i think you and i can both give a high five for that absolutely and, uh, yeah you don't want to use the same trimmer that you use on your face for other parts of your body right that's kind of gross yeah no i don't want to do that so you can use our promo code OTTL at manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping. So that's OTTL at manscaped.com. Uh, you always want to use the right tools for the job, uh, your body, and below the belt. We'll certainly thank you. So that's OTTL at checkout at manscaped.com. And you'll get free shipping and 20% off today. You know, consistency, we continue to talk about that word. And it's it's obviously mm -hmm. always coming back up. Honesty. And because you mentioned if, if I'm selling or if, even as a, as a youth coach, it doesn't matter if you're saying that this is the environment you're going to be in. And then they get in this environment and it's not, then you lose all of your trustworthiness. And having that trustworthiness and, and creating that trust is so vital. And I think I, I kind of have a follow-up question or a follow-up statement, a question actually. Um, you, you have to be in this day and age, and I think even probably going back years and years and years, you have to be vulnerable with your players because they have mm -hmm. to realize that you are human you aren't infallible, you make mistakes, and you're willing to stand up and say, you know what, hey, maybe I, maybe I sub made a wrong sub, or maybe we didn't work on the right things, or maybe I didn't get in, in, give you enough attention, you know, whatever, it doesn't have to be X and O's, it can be just that relationship, because it's all down to relationships, it's really all down to relationships, and you can be a successful coach, whatever that means, without being a genius in tactics, if you know how to relate to people. And mm -hmm. especially in the collegiate game, I see it time and time again, where successful programs, and I ask these players that come out of these successful programs, and I say, well, what did your training sessions look like? Oh, we just played 77. Or we just played AVA or, you know, and it wasn't like you're, you're thinking of a silver bullet where you're thinking, oh, they must do all these really nuanced functional work or these, or these tactical work and preparation. No, they just played. But it was because mm -hmm. the players wanted to be in that environment and give everything they had. And, and I yep. think that's, that's all down to how you treat people and relational um, but I do have a question and kind of following up on, on what Jason said or asked, did you have an aha moment or was it a sequence of moments that you said, oh man, I probably should start. I don't know everything. I should start focusing on this or this. Cause I know I did. And I've talked about it on the show before. What do you have any of those moments? Maybe that's one moment, but a sequence of moments. <clears throat> It was a sequence. I, I, I'd moved clubs, uh, and I went to a bigger club and, um, I noted, um, specifically two coaches, uh, that immediately I looked at and went, that's their next level. They're, they're, they're beyond my current level. And, um, I, I picked their brains <laughs> and, uh, and, and, went to training sessions and, and hung out with them and, um, you know, can we meet for coffee, meet for a beer and, 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 and just watch them and watch them in game and, and notice the, the biggest thing for me was notice that their environment at training and their environment in competitive matches were no different. 
they did not treat them different. They, they, you know, the environment that they wanted at training flowed into uh, the competitive match. And, and it was, you can see that happen completely reverse almost 95% of the time where, you know, a coach is one way at training and then at a match, it's not going right. So they come completely unglued and they're yelling and, and, you know, and the kid is like, what, what's going on? You know, you know, and they were, they were able to stay consistent. And I'm like, I, I, I was amazed. And so I realized that I was not at that level and I needed to, to, I wanted to, I didn't need to, I wanted to, to be that style of coach. And so that put me on the pathway of, of learning that this game was not just X's and O's. And so I spent a lot of time reading um, and again, networking and, and uh, picking people's brains because for me, that was, that was the way I was going to learn. Uh, that was, how I was going to grow. So yeah, the, the two coaches I will be forever grateful for. I think the, um, <clears throat> the, the vast majority, the vast majority of us, Shannon, that, um, you know, probably fall into that camp um, that you just mentioned of, there is a, a perpetual curiosity for what we do, right? That there's never a, a finish line of where we're going to get to, right? And like you said, the minute you stop learning is, is truly when this game is, begins to pass you by and you kind of go, oh my God, I, I need to either adapt and change or I'm, I'm going to be a dinosaur, you know, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, I, and I think that's, I don't know how it is in other sports. I would probably guess it's similar to a certain extent, but maybe not. I don't know. But soccer coaches that I've met, you know, all over the country, all over the world, the vast majority of them, and if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say 98% are probably, you know, willing to engage in, you know, seeking those people out. And it's not a, and Aaron and I talk about this all the time um, with this podcast. We... We never want to to give a, an image or um, sort of this know it all you know type of attitude to the listening audience because we're learning right along with them, you know. And I, it speaks Aaron to what you said about vulnerability of just saying, "Hey, look, we're we're just guys too," you know what I mean? And we love mm-hmm. the game as much as everybody else. And I think the minute that happens for a coach. And with a team, whether it be in a collegiate environment or a club environment or a rec environment or whatever, I feel that's when the progress really starts to get made. And to realize that it isn't sort of this, you know, to, to go back to your military background, it's not this sort of military structure, right? And not to say that that's bad, that's very appropriate for that environment. But, you know, in coaching, I would rather have more of a uh, you know, it look uh, like a horizon versus sort of a vertical, you know, a vertical line. And I think that's a, a shift. I, I just don't know players that respond, maybe some do, you know, to sort of that horizontal or um, the vertical type of, uh, of leadership where it's, you know, more top down and do as I say, not as I'll do sort of thing. You know. I, I think, I think um, there's, in, in the Premier League, obviously we can, you know, you can talk about the, the Pep Guardiola and the Jurgen Klopp's of the world. Um, the, the things that I see out of those two, more than the X's and O's, is that they hug their players. They, they you know, they are completely bought into their players. They, they celebrate with their players. As much success as they have, you see them hugging Mane when he was coming off yesterday, uh, injured. Uh, Jurgen did, and and if you watch that Man City uh, Amazon Prime show where he is just full of energy and fully bought in, and then you go back to the vertical piece and you can see Jose Mourinho and and his very harsh style. And why does that only last two to three years? You, you it's it's one player central versus system, in between those three coaches, two of them are players player first and one of them is is system and and I, I think you will see that you will always find that um there's success immediate success in jose's style but there's no long-term success and it ends up actually flaming out pretty bad because um it's it's so hand to fist and and my style and me and mine mine and mine versus 
what I'm getting out of my players and, and what Jurgen Klopp is doing and 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 and, and Pep um, for me. That's what, that's what I see out of those guys. I, I look at that more than I do the X's and O's. And and again, you can also reverse that and and look at Wolverhampton yesterday and and all the the energy and the 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 things that he gets out of that team and and they have a third of the budget in comparison to, to Liverpool and Man City and, and he, what they're getting out of these guys. And, and it's just, it, it's, for me, it's such a big topic. Um, player first, player mentality um, being bought in because that's what moves them out. The, the players move them out. Aaron, you said it perfectly. You know, I'm, I'm a bumper in, in, in bowling alley. I'm, I'm, it's not about me. I don't kick a ball. I don't do anything. I, I set up the parameters. I give you ideas. I give you to think, and then we go play for 90 minutes. And I get to evaluate it and look at it and go, well, we could have probably done this different, or maybe next time we do this different. But if I don't empower the player and, and, and really get them to think and understand that the game is actually a mathematical game and, and see it for that, you know, yeah, okay, we'll win some games and does it look good? Probably not. But if I do it the right way, the player is walking away going, that was amazing. That was, that was fun. I saw this for the first time or that happened for the first time. And we've been working on that at training and, and we build on that success and that's what brings them back. And at the end of the day, that's the most important piece. Bill, uh, this is going to, we'll go 180 degrees different on this one, Shannon. <laughs> I know uh, you're, you're working in the, the ODP environment. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, there, there's conversations, So we talked a little bit about player pathway, you know, early on in the conversation. But I, I feel that ODP is still relevant in 2020. Um, there are people out there that feel that ODP is sort of, you know, um, if time has sort of passed it by, and that there's other, mm -hmm. be VA, ECNL, um, you know, other elite, premier, insert catchy buzzword, name of club, <laughs> right? And I wonder for you what that environment has been like um, in, in the, the pros and maybe even some of the challenges of what ODP looked like in, uh, in 2020. And for folks, you know, outside the U.S., it, uh, ODP is the Olympic Development Program. And, um, you know, years ago was sort of the, the pathway or one of the you know, more signature pathways that players could explore uh, in recent times is sort of um, is become one of a, a handful of, of different options out there for players. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, I tell my players this all the time, control the controllables, right? Uh, I can't control what's happening in U.S. soccer. I, I you know, VA, ECNL, XYZ, I, I'm, I have no say in what all that landscape looks like. I know that when I'm part of something, I have the complete ability and responsibility to make sure that it's the best atmosphere possible. So for me in those environments, um, ODP, I, I, I'm all in and, and I, I will tell anybody, I find great value in it. And is it the, the top players? I, I have no idea because I've seen DA players that aren't elite. Um, and I've seen ECNL players that are absolutely amazing. So, I know that in this environment with this group of players, I'm going to make it the, the best environment possible and, and treat it for what it is. And, uh, you know, whether it's West region and these kids make the team to go to Boca and get in that environment and play East region, Midwest region, South region, and, and get selected for a national camp. I mean, that's, the, that's the, that's the carrot for the, that program. Um, so, I've got to I've got to make sure that uh, the environment that we create at those camps are are challenging and rewarding and again they walk away from that experience and go that was amazing and I can't control the player that that's going to be there um, so ODP to me is is an extension a, another branch on this this tree of of soccer and and for me, I just want to make sure that the the player 
has an experience that 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 they are blown away with um, and and you know we could have i think we had a hundred and i think we had a hundred and two at West Region camp over the summer, and eighteen of them went to Boca so you know player number one hundred and two has to have the same experience as the the best player in the group and and we know that that this player because of their environment maybe they come from you know a state that that is not as um soccer is not as prevalent and and the, you know for their state they're they're a top level player but then they get into this environment and they're not even close we we've still got to make sure that they go home and go that was amazing and i have stuff to bring back to my team and my club that i can bring and 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 move the needle to my team and that's what we talk about you know this this thing when it ends when camp ends you go back and you help your team you you push your your teammates and say we've got to train harder we've got to train be more committed and and you know you write the, their evals and, and you give pertinent information on those evals you don't just pencil whip it and and make it sound like you know Yes, I'm, I valued your time here. You were a great player. Good luck in the future. Give them something that that they really can can walk away with and and go. I've got to I've got to I've got to do this and this to get myself to the next level. I love what you said so, there. Can I interject real quick? I, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. what you were saying about allowing or creating the um, experience for the best player equal to the experience of maybe the player that's number 18 on the roster i love that mm -hmm. because that's what it's again that's what it's all about and it's about people and it's about relationships and it's it's about um respecting the each individual individually and if you can do that you are furthering the game you're you are giving them the best experience that they can and i mean it's something that that i try so hard to and i i hope because i I hear people say, well, you got to focus on the top 70% or the top 30% of your, whatever. And I don't, I understand when people say that. I truly do. I've been doing this a long time. I get it. But I want 100% of the players, even at the collegiate level, to feel a great impact playing 90 minutes a game or zero minutes a game in the environment that we have. And, and, I, that, and so I loved when you said that. Because I mean, even at even at the at the ODP level, because these pathways have become more diluted, because ECNL players aren't doing ODP, DA players aren't doing ODP, so then you got like regional league players, US Youth Soccer regional league players that are doing the ODP. So so all this talent becomes filtered out, and mm -hmm. you may have a player on the ODP team that 15 years ago wouldn't have made the team because of of just how the pathways were but to now still value who they are first and then create that environment i love it and i appreciate i appreciate that you said that so i didn't really ask a question i just gave you a retweet <laughs> <laughs> well and, and yeah, I, I, uh, we're, we're here for the retweets right i mean let's face it come on <laughs> <laughs> I, I i think that it's it's a it's a big it's a big challenge for us, you know, again, whether your roster is 18, 22, whatever size it is, the experience that each individual gets out of the program is, is the biggest thing. They're, they're just not. They come tryouts, they, you say, hey, how was that November 1st game? They're like, what are you talking about? But they will say, hey, how was it? last year playing for that coach and they'll be like that was amazing or they're going to be like that was horrible i had a, a horrific experience they won't remember the wins and losses they will remember you and yeah. and what impact you had on them so shannon we know that uh there's a there's a certain club in london that you're a big fan of and uh this has been sort of our um you know, signature closing here in 22 uh, or 2020 <laughs> hello Getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> Chelsea uh, is your uh, Premier League team that you support. 
Yes. So what, what, what drew you to Chelsea? I mean, we all have our stories on why we, we support who we support, whatever it might be, um, the Seattle MLS club or Chelsea or whatever it is. So what, what drew you to Chelsea? I was uh, in the Marine Corps and we were in London uh, for 96 hours. And uh, I went to a pub and had a couple of beers and this is before Roman's money and what Stanford <laughs> Bridge looks like now. And um, these guys were just having a great time. And we started talking and it was a football match and I went and I was hooked. And um, so that was in 92, I wanna say. Um, Oh, and um, it was it was a third of the size that it looked like now, but the passion that was around the game and and um, just the, the overall excitement was so energetic, and it, it I was hooked from minute one. Um, so it, it it was it was by chance, um, completely by chance, and. Um, what an experience what an experience no that's awesome but i mean i think if you start supporting a team uh, an english team in the early 90s like you said how else would you know who to support because we didn't really get a lot of it on tv here and right. so you having that wonderful experience as a as a marine and going and i mean organically finding a club and 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 a love because of that circumstance that you were in that's really awesome. That's really what is what yeah. is it what has it been like for you then over these gosh almost thirty years through the crazy roller coaster that is Chelsea Football Club? Um, I actually love where we're at today. Um, I love the fact that um, the believe it or not, I'm I'm thankful that the transfer ban came uh, because it forced us uh, to get the Mason Mounts of the world into the end of the roster um, and and knowing that this year was there was going to be some ups and downs based off of youth and and, and whatnot but um, I love what Frank is doing um, it's not it's not the Chelsea way we're not buying the top players we're not bringing in three players four players in the transfer window um, we're, we're we're looking at it more long term I say we, it's Chelsea's looking at it more long term. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and, and believing in, in, their, in their youth. And, you know, it, it costs them at times. It, it certainly does. They can't defend a set piece to save their lives. And it's frustrating. But then, then you watch some play and you're just like, if this is what it looks like now, I can't wait for two years from now when Hudson Adoy is two years older playing with Tammy and Tammy scoring goals at this level at this amount right now, you know, when we have a little bit more experience around us, what is that going to look like and how much fun is that going to be? So I, it, I, I enjoy where that club is right now more than the, the Jose Mourinho winning at all costs, parking the bus, um, kind of mentality the parking the bus defensive mentality was was boring and 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 um not fun to watch for me um and and again knowing that you're gonna you're you're gonna go out there with some 18 19 20 year olds you're gonna make mistakes and it's gonna cost you but if you would have asked me you know when the season campaign started would you take fourth in in january i would say yes I would have never guessed that. I thought we were fighting for Europa, uh, but here we are in January, sitting at fourth. So it's a it's a great time to be a uh, Chelsea supporter, in my opinion. That's uh, awesome, Shannon. If uh, if people want to connect with you and, and follow along with what you're doing out in Tacoma, uh, Washington, how can they do that? Uh, Twitter, shanmat72, S H A N M A T T seven two. Uh, is the easiest way. Uh, obviously, you can get a hold of me there, and we can start up a conversation through DM or whatever. Um, but uh, I, I think it's it's the the greatest tool that we have 
uh, as far as social media is concerned, is, is reaching out to coaches, right? So I would love to hear from, from anybody uh, and, and, and continue to, to grow in, in relationships and, and, and grow in the game. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I, I, like I said before, um, I'm not sure with uh, being the first guest on the show what that gets you. If it gets you like a free Starbucks <laughs> or uh, like a free donut or something like that, I, I, I don't know. Actually, my, you might. Do I have to go to Pennsylvania to get it? <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for for coming back on, Shannon, and um, yeah, it's just been a joy to get to know you as a person and as a coach, and very much as have always enjoyed our conversation. So uh, good stuff. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, thanks again. A massive shout out to Chelsea supporter and good friend of the show, Shannon Matthews, for coming on the latest episode of the On the Touchline podcast. Uh, Aaron, what do you think of that one? I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was great to hear perspective from a youth coach coaching the whole run of ages from 7v7 up to 11v11 and the word that stuck out to me the most was consistency and I think that as a coach being consistent with your interactions with your actions your demeanor really builds that trust with the players and helps them really understand that you're there for them. Um, and obviously it, it's one of the old life's old adages, um, uh, you know, to do what you say you're going to do. And I think that's important. And, um, and, and, and again, it all comes down to relationships and also most importantly, I think it's really awesome that, uh, a former Marine, and uh, um, really appreciate his service to our country. Yeah, I love coaches that um, really thrive in a, a player-centered environment. And you know that if, if you're to ask them sort of what's the, the cornerstone of their house, it would be the player, right? And that having that player and um, you know attending to their wants, their needs, where they want to go as a player, and being really, I think, in tune with that. I think is, is something that Shannon does really well and so many good takeaways uh, that I wrote down in my notebook here. Of, you know, the players can move mountains. I really like that phrase um, just because it absolutely, this is their game. And um, we have to remind ourselves at times, I think as coaches, that it's about them. You know, it's about facilitating that environment, but they're the ones actually out there playing it. Um, you know, he talked about uh, what we do being a, a customer service industry. And, you know, some coaches might roll their eyes at that, but I, I couldn't agree more because we are here for the person and we're here for people and that without them, we're not doing what we do. So if, if we lose sight of that, I think we forget sort of the, the underlying reason, um, you know, of what it means to be a coach and sort of inspire people and, and try to make their lives a little bit better, uh, you know, along the way. So. Good stuff from Shannon, and um, uh, always welcome, Shannon. If you're listening to this, uh, you're always welcome to uh, to come back on the show uh, anytime. So before we wrap up shop for this week, uh, guys, be sure to support um, our partner, Manscaped. And you can go to manscaped.com, use our promo code OTTL at checkout, and we can save you 20%. And we can also get you free shipping on your next order. In whatever podcast platform you listen on, make sure that you subscribe to the show. That way you never miss a new episode when we publish uh, bright and early every Wednesday morning. Aaron, uh, of course, last but not least, if people want to follow along with you and, and what's going on uh, with Ohio Women's Soccer, how can they connect with you on social media? It's at Ohio Soccer Coach on both platforms, Twitter and Instagram. And he is the real live Aaron Rodgers, ladies and gentlemen. So don't ever forget that. <laughs> Discount double check all day, baby. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Soccer Coach JB. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the On the Touchline podcast. Talk to y'all real soon.
And until next time, I'm Jason Broadwater. And I'm Aaron Rodgers. And how did you guys meet? Podcast. <clears throat> I, I just spun the, the dial. You know, I just was like, hmm, what coaches can I just send an email to? No. <laughs> Aaron was the only one to respond. <laughs> My deep. By default, I was the only one that replied, I guess. I was like, oh, he has a famous first and last name. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's got to get um, old. <laughs>